0: Roadshow episode number 439 my name is John Morgan and cold coffee is not with me right now because he is back home in Las Vegas Nevada where it was cool this weekend I don't know if the temperatures crank back up we got a tropical storm Hillary kind of cool things off in Las Vegas a little bit that was nice but me I am in New York City more specifically I'm at the theater at Madison Square Garden that's right right now as I'm speaking to you the PFL playoffs are unfolding around me main card has just gotten underway and uh, Biagio Ali Walsh just registered a victory that he apologized for afterwards and say hey I think that was an early stoppage now if you watch the action I'm gonna be honest with you I really didn't think it was that early of a stoppage especially when you consider the fact that he is an amateur now I know he's very uh, highly touted and highly promoted amateur uh, but he is an amateur nonetheless and in fact they actually have to bring in a second set of officials Uh, the iska oversees those rather than the new york state athletic commission officials so i mean those are judges and and referees that are trained specifically to be calling uh, amateur fights and obviously i've caught a lot of amateur fights in las vegas but tough enough Uh, they're now in fight pass they're doing program but it was a strictly amateur show for a long time and You know, the referees, the officials, they're going to be a little bit quicker on the trigger just because, you know, for the most part, I understand Biagio Ali Walsh is a very high-level amateur. But for the most part, you're talking about guys that have to go back to work and have other stuff going on, and and so you kind of are a little bit quicker on the trigger. But I really didn't have that big of an issue with it, to be honest with you. So uh, I I thought it was pretty cool of of Biagio Ali to to actually apologize after. The crowd definitely loved it, man. They cheered. He's like, look, let's be honest, that was an early stoppage, and the crowd was loving it, man, even though they were – They were booing the announcement, so he played it cool. You know, normally a fighter in that situation will say, oh, well, you know, it's not my decision to make. I just go to the referee stops. That's pretty much the typical canned response. But, man, for him to be like, yo, I I thought that was an early stoppage. I thought that was kind of cool of him, even if I I disagree. You know, I didn't really have a problem with it. Uh, It certainly played well to the crowd. So uh, good on Biagio Ali Walsh. The, uh, The playoffs are just about to get underway here at the PFL. And it's funny, right, a Wednesday night show. We always sit down and do the shows on Wednesday, so I thought, huh, should I wait till after the card and kind of do it as like an and a half episode where we're recapping the PFL? And then I thought, you know what? What if I just do it right during the middle of the show? How about that? So right now, I'm a goofball sitting on press row with a headset on, talking to myself. I'm sure people are looking at me like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? But that's what we're doing to bring you the show. Uh, it's been an interesting week here in New York, so... Um, I did not make the Friday show last week I'll just talk about first of all the theater here in Madison Square Garden uh, I was here last year for the world Championship and uh, which of course today was announced that will be in Washington DC this year so uh, I'll probably try to make it out there for that one too to be honest I kind of like that Thanksgiving Friday uh, as an opportunity to uh, to bring the family with me too you know yeah, Washington DC I've actually never done all the the Washington DC stuff all the the sites and the, you know history and all that I've never done it so I uh, might, might want to take my wife and son out there and, and make that a, a fight week and, and a little vacation as well. But I uh, but was here last year for, for the show and the, the arena. You know always I was talking about? The, this is the venue that um, the USC actually uses for press conferences and stuff when they're out here is this this theater. Um, and the crowd is always rowdy, right? I mean, it's always just packed. And there's something special about a New York crowd, man. They're, they're yelling at people and, and heckling them and that sort of stuff. But it's always a good crowd. So... I wasn't here on, on the Friday show because I flew back to Las Vegas. Actually, my dad and my stepmom were in Las Vegas, so I uh, went back to go see them to, uh, to, to you know, to see family, right? You don't get to see them very often. So I went back to that, and that's, that's one reason I wasn't in Boston. And then I came back in here on Monday. I was a little bit worried with this Wednesday show that they were going to have some problems filling this thing out. Um, but it's packed in here. It is absolutely packed. I mean, the main card, like I said, underway right now. Uh, I would say early prelims probably like, you know, 30, 40, 50% in the early prelims, and by the later prelims, it was it was full and ready to go. So they got a pretty good crowd here in New York. Um, you know, now again, I, I don't know. They don't really release their ticket sales, so I don't know if there's a lot of comps here. They sold all these. To be honest, I, I didn't even see what the prices were. I probably should have taken a look at that. But it's packed out in here, it's got a good feel to it. You know, the my chief concern with the PFL, or my chief complaint, is probably the same as you guys if, if you watch it is the pacing right i feel like the broadcast just needs to be sped up or just it's so long there's so much time between fights i will say here in person it doesn't feel that bad um you know they got a dj playing in between um, they've got visually they got a lot going on man there's there's uh, boards everywhere and graphics and uh it's kind of wild man they even have like where they're playing on, on some screens like some commercials like during the fights themselves um, but there's just always something going on. So I will say, in house, I would admit the pacing does not feel that bad. And I wonder if maybe, and I'm just shooting here in the, in the dark, I wonder if maybe that's why they don't feel pacing is a concern. Um, because they're all here, right? All the PFL executives, employees, they're here. They're experiencing it in person. And maybe they don't realize how long the broadcast kind of drags on. Um, but I know when you're watching the broadcast, and I think. Maybe some of it's the repetitive elements or uh, I don't know what it is, but it just does feel a little bit long. So I'd like to see them change that. Um, maybe that's something they can dial in for next season. Obviously, this is the next to the last show. But I will say in person, it's a it's a good feel. We got uh, Solomon Renfro walking to the cage right now. The he, He's got a tough task on his hand tonight, man. This is a very, very tough matchup. Man. I've always like Solomon Renfro. He came through the CFSC, obviously. You know I always got love for my CFSC people, but – Solomon Renfrow's got some hands, you know, he's, he he can throw hands. He normally fights at 155, so he's fighting up a division. That's certainly not going to play his favor. And then, he, of course, he's facing Magomed Magomed Karimov, who is an, an absolute killer, one of the most uh, veteran guys in the PFL and uh, seeking another championship opportunity. So tough assignment for him. But, uh, but yeah, in, in-house it doesn't feel that. Like but I, I really would like to see them speed up the pacing on the broadcast. I think that would help the product tremendously uh, for watching it on television. But in the house, it's been good. Prelims—if you didn't catch the prelims—you um, know, showcase fights, none of the tournament fights. Um, you had John caldone picking up a win. Abdu- this is the thing that said, Michelle Montague picked up a win. The youngster Alex Pergande, excuse me, who looks like a, a potential star in the making. But you also had a couple of Saudi fighters on there as well that both picked up victories. So two fighters from Saudi Arabia—I think you can expect to see more of that moving forward. Um, you know, they've got some investment partners out there in Saudi Arabia that are helping. Uh, fund some of the growth and the expansion. They want to have the uh, the Middle East series uh, ready to go for next year. I think that's I think that's a given. Uh, I believe uh, that one and, and I think one other might be done next year. I think it's still kind of up in the air a little bit. Obviously, they got PFL Europe. It's going to be concluding soon. Uh, they've got a big card in Paris coming up, and then they go to Dublin. So. You know, I, I really do like where the PFL is at, man. I, I think that international expansion, I said from the beginning, hard to pull off because, man, you, you, it's basically multiple different operations, right? So hard to do. But I think if you can swing it, it really ends up being a big deal for them because now you've got a localized product. Um, it's in prime time. You know, I, I feel for you guys, uh, fans around the world, you know, UFC fans, you know, in Europe, watching fights at 4 in the morning and 5 in the morning. I mean, that's crazy, right? its It's, it's almost a a miracle that they built the fan base that they have by doing shows that are like that they're in the middle of the night so um pretty 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 cool stuff i think that they're trying to do here and i think it's going to help them be successful man i really really do um you know i I, I don't necessarily see them overtaking the ufc or anything like that but i don't think they've ever really tried to you know if you hear these guys talk about it they're like hey listen um if anything mma fans are underserved you know what i mean you've got what, 40, you know, if you just look at the UFC, obviously the highest level of sport, and you think, well, okay, they, they do what, like 40, 42 cards a year? Okay, what well, I mean, what other sport do you only have 40 or 42 dates to look at, right? I mean, you've got baseball, you're playing 162 games. Basketball, you're playing, what, 82, I think in basketball and hockey as well. Then, of course, you are talking about all the different teams. So there's so much to pick from and so much to choose from that, you know, their argument is that for MMA fans, the, the fan base is, is underserved, if anything. So we think we can be a comparable product and to be honest i think they can i think that's good you know i i, I don't think they're profitable yet but i think they, they, they're certainly moving in the right direction and of course uh the update everybody's looking for what's the deal with bellator i can tell you from having multiple conversations and it's been a, it's been a fun week you know because i did i did travel back to vegas but obviously i spent about the better part of a week out here and so i've gotten to see a lot of the employees and hang out and and, and talk and uh you know, it really does seem like nobody knows exactly what's going on. They kind of think it's going to happen, but nobody really knows. Is it definitely happening? Is this for sure done? Is this, you know, what? how's it going to work? So uh, it still seems kind of very up in the air. But um, it does feel like things are moving in that direction and that there's going to be some kind of an acquisition merger type situation here uh, between PFL and Bellator. But, you know, I'm going to just see how that plays out as well because, you know, they can only have so many – athletes on their roster because the, what's what's the big thing you're getting with Bellator, right you're getting their roster i mean obviously their library is big too you're going to get all that so i mean that allows for shoulder programming and if you want to have your own you know fight pass type product or whatever like that you got a, a, a bunch of archival footage on there i mean so that's that's worth something that's a tangible asset um, but you know i, I don't think Bellator has the name power of like a ufc or something like that of course um so what you're really getting is the roster right you're getting the athletes but i'm intrigued to see how that plays out because you don't necessarily have the the ability to have the whole roster and i guess you probably don't want all of them anyway but you know there's only what 10 athletes per division each year and then i guess you know i guess maybe you have some alternates and things like that available so there are a couple more spots but you know nobody wants to really just be an alternate they want to be booked and you know, they want to be competing so i'm gonna be interested to see how it plays out i mean uh, it, it, we don't, you know, how much money does that cost them to do that? I mean, does it put the the, the company in some type of financial peril where you're overextended to get those names, and then you, you don't necessarily know, uh, and you can't utilize them all, right? You got to end up releasing some. I guess, you know, you could send some to the to the regional organizations as well, but um, I'm sure anybody that comes in is going to want to be on the, on the global roster competing for the million dollars, not competing for the hundred grand, right? So, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in it. Uh, to see how it works and, and and what happens, and again, that is if it gets done. It's nothing set in stone yet, um, but it does feel like they're moving in a get a good direction for the PFL. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of the update on the BFL. It's it's been it's been good. Uh, it's been an entertaining card tonight, uh, and it's been fun being out here for a week. I'm about ready to get back home. I've I've had about enough of New York for now, uh, but it's but it's been a good time. It's been a good time. Uh, Playoffs still to unfold here right now. Magomed Magomedkarilov and Solomon Renfro are getting underway here inside the theater at Madison Square Garden. You know, I've always kind of wanted to do this, and and it's it's not really like a live fight companion because we're recording it and I'll release it later. But still, it's kind of fun, nonetheless. Do want to give a shout out to Ben The Bay Davis who actually uh, just walked by me in my position on press row here. Uh, he was kind enough to join the show last week and he actually agreed to join the show again. Uh, this week, and we were going to tape it in the afternoon, but I had a uh, little lunch meeting come up. I no, wasn't able to do, so I had to, uh, I had to, I had just got a pat on the back there. Somebody didn't realize I was talking. <laughs> uh, I think it was, I think it was Lauren Mack, PR man Lauren Mack there. But yeah, so Ben Davis had agreed to uh, to hang out and do another episode, and then I ended up uh, getting a lunch date, uh, a little meeting there that I that I went to, and so we had to reschedule them. But shout out to him for agreeing to do it. Uh, I know he's a busy guy, man. He's booking a lot of dates and uh, sounds like maybe got another fight coming up and, and all kinds of stuff. So uh, good on him. I guess as the PFL action is unfolding here, we're still kind of uh, processing the launch of the, the Sugar era. It's been fun to, uh, man, that really the buzz. I mean, obviously everybody out here is, is focused on the PFL product and talking about that, but. Yeah, everybody here is fight fans too you know they watch the other stuff as well it's it's not like uh sacrilege to bring up the UFC brand or anything like that they're all a bunch of fight fans and they all watch fights as well and uh everybody was talking about Sean O'Malley man Sean O'Malley Sean O'Malley and of course obviously there's some ties up here with the local media and that sort of thing with Aljamain Sterling as well you know everybody was just kind of lamenting the loss for Aljamain but also praising Sean O'Malley for the performance he put in I actually uh you know watched it on TV with my family, which was super cool. We got to watch it. I had my, had my dad and my son alongside me. All three of us were watching it together. So that's, uh, I think that's the first time we've ever all sat down and watched a fight together. So that was kind of cool for me. But I was just blown away. You know, talked about it on the NF episode this past week. Shout out to everybody that supports us over there at patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. Um, but I was just blown away by the performance and, and it's been fun to see since all the little videos and memes that he's putting up and you know, answering the the stack of money to talk to Dana, you know, the wave into the fans and and all this stuff, man. I mean, the guy really is a star, man, and he gets entertainment. And so uh, a big win for him. And, uh, man, you know, when I sat down to do that and a half episode, I didn't realize because it was immediately afterwards um, that the UFC put the fight out right away, put the finish out right away, and all the social media, right, blew it up, put it out everywhere, uh, which just goes to show you you know how much they believe in him as well and his in his potential and his future and uh what he's capable of doing right i mean that they're willing to share that and it's an interesting decision you know normally they keep those things under wrap because they're trying to sell pay-per-views i mean they're, they're trying to get people to pay to see it you know but um i'm going to be really intrigued to see if that's a, a trend moving forward or it was just simply a one-off with sean o'malley I, I tend to think it was just a one-off with sean o'malley and you know they want to rocket ship this guy uh, right up to charts and make sure that everybody saw it make sure that you know everybody knows what happened all around the world but i'd be interested to see if they do kind of trend in that direction and aren't so protective of the finishes uh in the immediate aftermath right like i've always wondered i mean how many people really go back and buy a pay-per-view the next day or afterwards i mean that's that's the reason live sports is such uh, an in-demand commodity for all the broadcast partners is because that's how you get people to tune in because you want to watch things live once you know the result are you really selling that many pay-per-views after the fact? So I've always wondered if, if maybe they should move in that direction and, and just go ahead and put it out. I mean, uh, certainly I'm not in, uh, in, in support of a piracy or illegal stream or anything like that, but, I mean, once it's done, it's done, you know? So um, interesting to see. Now the big question is going to be, of course, which, what direction they go with them, and I guess we'll have to kind of wait and, and see all that. I really – I said the night of, and, and I, I still think – I think Chido Vera is the fight to make. Um, you know, and I know a lot of people are saying, well, you know, doesn't Aljamain deserve an immediate rematch? And he does, but you know, he's come out and said as well, he needs a break, he needs some time off, you know, he needs some some rest, mentally, physically, heal up from some injuries, that sort of thing. Um, and when he comes back, I think he's he absolutely deserves an instant rematch. You know, I don't think he has to do anything um, to to earn that. You know, I think he's already earned that uh through what he's accomplished throughout his career so i don't think he really needs to uh t- to win another fight to come back that's just my humble opinion um I-, I think even if he takes some time off and takes a year away and he comes back i think his first one can be for the title uh I- i've seen marabh devosvili out there saying hey I-, I can be ready in december because I-, I think you know I-, I think sean o'malley brought up december for a reason and, you know everybody knows that, that the Las Vegas show needs a headliner, and it was supposed to be Conor McGregor versus Michael Chandler, and we all kind of said, look, that's probably not going to happen because of the whole USADA situation and all that. And I, I certainly would support Mirabh Devoshvili being in there as well. I mean, that guy has been the number one contender in waiting for a long time, respectfully said that, you know, we'll not fight my man Aljamain certainly. We're more than training partner. We're brothers, and I like that, man. I really do. I know the UFC doesn't always – uh, enjoy that because you got a number one contender that's not wanting to fight for the title, and he's knocking off other contenders along the way. So I get why they're not a fan of that situation as, as business operators. Um, but I, I, I like it. You know, there's I think there's some – it's one thing to be like, well, I trained with the guy once, now I don't want to fight him. It's another thing to be like, we've grinded in the trenches for years, and, and I don't want to fight him because of that. I, I can absolutely respect that. So um, he certainly deserves the opportunity as well. I just feel like if you're looking for pay-per-view sales – which you are, right? I mean, if, if it's, if it's, it's almost like I would, if Marab is fighting it, and I'm a Mirab Duvaz really fan, but I think the, if that was going to be maybe on like ABC or something where you're not worried about sales, he's absolutely the deserving number one contender. I mean, he's number one in the rankings, right? He is number one in the rankings. So he's the number one contender. So he deserves that. But there's that history, right? I mean, we know it's not just about rankings when it comes to the UFC, it's about entertainment and it's about, selling storylines and, and getting fan interest in it and I really just feel like the history between Sean O'Malley and Cheeto makes that the one that's that's most compelling in the in the immediate uh time frame, right? And uh, you know, Sean O'Malley's already trying to start to sell it a little bit. Certainly it interests him as well. Uh, by the way, Solomon Renfo here battling back to his feet. Magaman Karimov he's he's giving him a, a bit more of a run than he thought. So I think that's the fight you make. Um, I don't know what that does to though. I mean, I would certainly give Marab next. Um, gosh, I mean, but is Marab going to wait and see what Aljamain wants to do first, if Aljamain wants to come back? Because if, if, if Marab, you know, finds his way to, to win the title in the meantime, things change. Things definitely change. So uh, interesting times, man. Great, great depth at Bantamweight. Still got Henry Cejudo out there as well. So an absolute whole lot going on and a lot of big options on the table at 135 pounds. So uh, we'll see, man. Uh, we'll, we, we shall see. Uh, Sean O'Malley, certainly a star, uh, certainly moves the needle. So we'll see which matchup comes next for him. In the meantime, the UFC is in Singapore this weekend. Uh, a fight card that's going to be a little bit tough to watch live. I think this is one you might not. Be, be watching live uh, unless you're willing to wake up very early, especially in, in Pacific times. I guess not that bad if you're uh, if you're on the East Coast maybe and you want to get up and watch it. Uh, main card will be at 8 a.m. Eastern. Uh, prelims would actually be at 5 a.m. Eastern. So if you're on the East Coast, maybe at least catch the main card, right? You wake up, fights are already on. Some good fights on here. Obviously, um, anytime they're, they're overseas, I think it kind of flies under the radar a little bit because you don't get quite as much media coverage coming from it. The, the media stuff is done. at kind of off hours, so it, it doesn't necessarily go into the news cycle the way everything else does. Uh, and I, I believe, I don't think, uh, I, I know uh, Oscar from the MAC Life, you know, our good friend Hot T that goes to a lot. I know he didn't make the trip over there. I don't believe uh, MMA Junkie or MMA Fighting sent anybody either. So probably going to fly under the radar a little bit. But, of course, you know about the main event, Max Holloway versus Chan Sung Jung, uh, the Korean Zombie, big fight there. Big one at featherweight, obviously, Max Holloway, a fan favorite. The Korean Zombie, always a fan favorite as well. Max Holloway, a massive favorite in there, minus 800, which is crazy, right? But it's probably accurate, to be honest with you, especially at this stage is their career. You know, it's just kind of late in the game for the Korean Zombie, even the legend that he is. Um, but it's a fight that both these guys wanted, right? Because I did see a lot of people saying, why, why would you do that to Zombie? Why are you putting him in there? Like, what, what do you hate the guy? But... You know, this is a fight he wanted. Um, it's, it's, he's calling it a career, and, you know, this is a fight he wanted to have before, before he hung it up. So um, I'm glad they put it together. I think it might end up being a little sad to watch, if we're being honest. Uh, I think Max Holloway probably will put it to him pretty well. Um, so it might be a little bit sad to watch, uh, especially if you're an old-school WEC fan, you know, been following the zombie throughout his career. Uh, like heavyweight co-main event between Anthony Smith and Ryan Spann big one there between uh, top ten competitors and uh, then one that just looks like fun on paper man Giga Chikadze and Bruce Leroy Alex Caceres always happy to see those guys compete man both of them are very very entertaining Uh, and And then a big one as well Aaron Blanchfield versus Tyler Santos that's a big one at flyweight right number three versus number four Uh, certainly going to be some title implications there and uh, that one's, I feel like that one's definitely flying under the radar, but that's a big one. Blanchfield's going in an absolute roll. Tyler Santos, I, I kind of thought, should get uh, an immediate, immediate shot for the title fight when she was ready to go and didn't play out that way. So now she's got an incredibly tough assignment here. Um, I guess maybe, you know, the fact that uh, Shevchenko um, lost the belt, that probably changed the desire to give her an immediate rematch anyway after what was an, a really close fight. Um, and maybe it's just not quite as appealing with Alexa Grasso. So, I guess I get that. But uh, it's a big one. And Blanchfield's on a roll as well. So, uh, she's, I think, five straight now in the UFC. And, and, and man, uh, that's a big one. That's a big one. Title implications there. And, of course, then you got the championship fight coming up next week. So, uh, we shall find out more about it. So, uh, again, I, I don't think I'm going to watch this one live. If I'm being honest with you, I'll catch this one on replay. Uh, I'm not waking up at 2 a.m. Pacific time. I certainly can't stay up that late uh, from 2 to 10 or whatever it is. So uh, I'll probably catch that one after. And actually, my kid's got a, uh, a jiu-jitsu competition on Saturday as well. So go out there and uh, keep an eye on him and, and, and support uh, the team. So uh, looking ahead to a little bit of action in Singapore. Looking ahead right now to the third round here, Solomon Renfro versus Magaman Karamov. fight that's already gone longer than I think a lot of people thought. You know, Solomon Renfro. He knew. He said, look, I know everybody's counting me out here, man, but uh, I believe in myself. You know, I know what I can do here. Uh, We'll see if he can make something special happen here in the third round. And we'll get back and uh, talk a little bit more about what's happening and unfolding here at PFL. Saturday, August 26th the ufc returns to singapore max blessed holloway looks to use his elite boxing to turn back fan favorite the korean zombie don't miss ufc fight night only on espn plus all right welcome back inside the theater at madison square garden where the pfl playoffs are continuing on and uh a little bit of spoiler alert here solomon renfro did not make something special happen he comes up short via decision uh was always a tough assignment for him I mean number one just a quality quality competitor then you add in the fact that he's fighting up a weight class as well it is tough for him and uh I'm proud to him for taking the opportunity and my understanding is uh part of him taking this you know uh, on short notice up a weight class was that he will come back next year in the uh lightweight season so he'll get an opportunity to compete uh, at his natural weight class back in the season have a Another crack at a million dollars. So didn't get that opportunity now, but if you're a Solomon Renfro fan and you're looking forward to uh, what might come next, I believe he'll be in the season next year. So uh, you got to take a shot. So Magomed, and Magomed Karamov advances to the $1 million finals. Well, he will be facing Sadabu C, who uh, also was able to pick up a decision win. This a split decision win over Carlos Leal. Very, very interesting situation you uh UFC. I guess USC didn't care about anything, but the PFL may be avoiding a little bit of a weird situation there. Right. You know, that it's a I, one thing I think they're trying to still dial in and make sure that they feel good about is, you know, these weight misses and how you handle that. And, and what they've decided to do during the blast is that you lose a point. Um, but that point loss is not reflected in the official result, um, but rather it is reflected in how the tournament moves on. So, it's kind of a weird deal, right? Because you could technically have a fighter win twenty nine, twenty eight across the board, and he would be announced as the winner. But on the on the on the promotions cards, it, they would lose a point, and it would be a draw. And in that situation, the fighter that made weight moves on in the draw. So it's a bit of a unique situation, and and it, it's it can be confusing. Um, we've seen that in PFL Europe, but. Uh, we don't necessarily, haven't seen that happen here. It, all, it almost just uh, unfolded here. But instead, Sadabusi gets the split decision win, so that doesn't become an issue. Now, the fight was not the greatest by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Leal started out very aggressive, as you expected him to be, and it was cool. He, he's fun to watch when he's doing that. He's, he's made it uh, kind of, that's his his trademark style, right? He's coming at you, and he was being very, very aggressive, and it was, it was, it was good to watch. And then, over time, it really just kind of slowed down um, at first, Sadabusi was really dealing well with the, uh, the the takedown attempts and he was defending well. And then the second round, he got put on his back and he was stuck there for a while. And I think Carlos Leal, um, that's the round that I, that I gave. I, I did have it for Sadabusi as well. Carlos Leal spent a lot of time in dominant position. He didn't really do a whole lot with the position. Um, so that was a bit odd to see. He stayed in side control for a lot and didn't do a whole lot of striking from there um perhaps it was the wise decision because as soon as he moved the mount sadabu see that's when he bucked and rolled and and escaped and got back to his feet you know there's that that moment when you're trying to shift into the mount position uh, where where there's an escape opportunity and he took advantage of it so it was kind of weird i was kind of wondering why leal was staying inside control the whole time and maybe that's where he needed to stay but uh sadabu was just a little bit too patient that round now third round a lot a lot of clinch work but again carlos leal was was moving inside he was initiating the clinch he was controlling positioning but it wasn't necessarily inflicting any damage in those spots. And so because of that, uh, you know, the the little opportunity that Sadabusi did to strike, that was the one that, uh, that that earned him the round. He almost got the big knockout as well, but he threw the spinning kick again. It did not land, but he almost had something spectacular. So instead of something spectacular, he ends up with something just kind of, eh, you know, a ho-hum type win, but a ho-hum type win gets you an opportunity uh, to win a million dollars, and that's what it's all about, right? That's what you're ultimately going for, so a little short on uh, entertainment value there, but now you've got a final that is uh, two former champs in C and and Magum- Magamai Karamoff. See, of course, looking for a second uh, in a row, so two guys gunning for a million dollars uh, a second time around, so that'll be an interesting storyline to plot there, so I'll tell you what's funny is these fights have been folding on. Ed Davis, uh, if, if, if you remember the name, the guy that lost to Biagio Walls. He's become like the star of the house, man. This guy's having some cocktails and walking around. He made some fans tonight. You can see, man, there's a lot of people running up and taking pictures with them and giving him words of encouragement. So that's been uh, that's been kind of fun to watch that all unfold here. He he made some new fans tonight, even in a losing effort, right? So maybe it worked out for everybody there. Biazzi Ali-Walsh picks up the win. Uh, and, and, you know, Ed Davis makes some new fans. I've also seen Kassanga and I walking around here as well. Of course, he's going to be uh, – gunning for a million dollars as well but you always hear about what a nice guy imp is check us out i think he's okay with me saying this i ran to him the other night and uh he's he's walking around with uh photographer like nice nice gear like nice body nice lens uh and he's taking pictures uh, and i was like oh well, that's cool what are you shooting and he said uh i thought this was the coolest thing he's he's taking shots without people knowing like candid shots of the people working of every, all the staff like not telling i'm not having a pose but just taking shots of them as they work um of all the staff and, and he's planning on putting an album together for them and he said you know my, my thinking was they all spend all their time and hard work and everything to put us on tv and nobody's really like featuring them so i want to take pictures of them and kind of let people see them i thought that was like the nicest thing i'd ever heard in my life you know He's, uh, that's just the kind of guy Imba Kasanganai is, man. He's, he's shooting that kind of stuff, so it's pretty cool to hear. And uh, another thing he told me that I thought was super cool, he was we were just talking about, you know, being in the BFL and, and you know, how he, how he likes it versus, you know, uh, his expectations or whatever. And, and he, had this, he had the greatest line. He said, you know, I like it here. He's like, at the UFC, I had to ask for fights. Here I can earn them. And I, number one, I thought that was wise. But number two, I was like, Man, you just nailed the marketing angle, dude. Like, you need to go to <laughs> you need to go to the manager right now and make sure that they're aware uh, that that's a tackle. Cause I think that's the best I've heard anybody sum it up, man. You know, I think uh, it before it was like where title fights are earned, not given, or something like that. I think they used that at one point. Um, but I was like, man, this dude just nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. So uh he is a super nice guy. Uh, a photographer uh, in in training, and uh, a marketing executive <laughs> as well. Uh, what do you know? That's been a little bit of stuff that's happening behind the scenes here at BFL. Well, speaking of going for two championships and two consecutive ones at that, Olivier Aubin-Mercier has punched his ticket into the lightweight finals with a second-round stoppage. TKO finish over Bruno Miranda. Fairly competitive opening round, uh, and then... The uh, Canadian gangster drops him with a straight shot in the second round, gets on top, controlling, and as time is winding down, just starts unleashing a barrage of punches that weren't really just devastating shots but were clearly uh, just not stopping and landing punches. And eventually the fight was waved off, and Olivia Alba-Mercier heading back to the finals looking for another million dollars. Pretty cool for him. Man, you look at his record. Olivier Aubin-Mercier. What is that? 9-0 and 0 now? Since he left the UFC? Nine straight victories in the PFL. 9-0. and 0. Already 1 million in the bank. And on November 24th in Washington, C., he'll be trying to get another million. That is pretty cool. Pretty cool to see, man. You look at the losing streak that he had when he left the UFC. I mean, Alexander Hernandez, Gilbert Burns, Armin Rukin, Not a bad little stretch of opponents there. Now nine straight wins. And Olivia Abimorce said uh, before this that uh, this was going to be win or lose. He was – this is it. This is it for him. He's he's calling a career after this. He's tired. He needs some rest. And he said whether he won or not, this was going to be the end of his fighting career. Now, I don't know, man. If there's another million on the table, this – I mean, this season is a grind. Like, anybody will tell you that's gone through it, especially when you go through it multiple times. You know, Kayla Harrison used to openly talk about it, um, which she's supposed to fight on the finals, by the way. So – Looks like she will get one in. I think that final is going to be a pay per view uh, from everything I'm hearing. So uh, she'll be on that card. But she used to just talk about what a physical grind it is. And so it's kind of the pro and con. And, and Olivia I aubin mean, Morse said the same thing. OEM said the same thing in the lead up to this. He's like, well, it's kind of a blessing and a curse. On the one hand, you know, I'm super busy, and that's nice. But uh, it's, it's also wearing me out, man. It's tough, you know. And, and he said it. I, I, you know i haven't seen my friends in two years you know i have a constant training i haven't been able to do anything like i just want to spend some time hanging out with my friends i haven't been able to do anything and he's like he actually kind of joked he's got that dry humor he's like i think they think i'm big-timing him but i'm not i just haven't even been able to, to to go do anything because i'm constantly training arresting recovering that sort of thing so uh olivia obin-mercier books his ticket for the one million dollar finals once again and what a retirement gift that would be for him to put an extra million in the bank he said he actually uh just bought a house uh so he gets, he's like i'm poor again i could actually use another million <laughs> i got myself a place and so i guess this would be uh, i guess that was the the, the goal of, of fighting and now this will be the retirement option so we'll see if he can punch his ticket for one million dollars this november Of course, in order to win that million dollars, he's going to have to take out an absolute savage in Cassius Clay Collard, who gets the unanimous decision win 29-28 across the board over Shane Burgos. Exactly how I scored the fight as well. First two rounds for Clay Collard, third round for Shane Burgos. But, I, I mean, I could sit here and talk about this fight all night long. My goodness, thought it was going to be great on paper thought it would be a fun fight, and it ended up being even better than that. I mean, it was as advertised. It was the fight everybody wanted to see, and my goodness, it delivered even more than we would have expected. It was kind of wild, like, Clay came out early, kind of throwing kicks and flashing out the high kicks. He said, okay, maybe he's going to surprise with a, a little bit of a varied attack, and then very quickly turn to what he's known best for, his boxing, just unbelievable combinations, ripping the body, working up top, great stuff. Meanwhile, Shane Burgos. The leg kicks were nasty. I mean, Clay could hardly stand. Unbelievable, man. Could hardly stand in there, you know, dropping and rolling backwards to to stand back up. Unbelievable. End up landing, I think, uh, 178 arm strikes is what he was credited with. Meanwhile, to the Burgos, 49 leg strikes. Unbelievable. 438 total strike. The numbers are insane. I mean, unbelievable fight. And that is going to be one hell of a final. If you did not watch this fight for any reason, if you're not a big PFL consumer, make sure you watch the replay. These two dudes left it all in there. That is all you can ask for. And uh, that is one hell of a championship final with Olivier, Aubin, Mercier. Clay might be, he's one of the most exciting. He's he's definitely the most exciting fighter in the PFL, one of the most exciting in the game. Uh, Must watch TV every single time. And this was as expected. What a hell of a way to wrap up this event here in New York. Now, let's pack up quickly and go talk to Ray Cepho about everything that unfolded. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> well, we were supposed to hear from Ray Cepho at this point. That was the plan anyway. Uh, but here's how things unfolded, unfortunately. So I ran back to the back after it was over. I mean, listen, you guys heard me? I was literally talking to you guys as the the fighters were being announced as the results of the main event were being announced, and then I, I threw my stuff together. Didn't even take the time to like pack it up nice into my bag. I just kind of threw it all in there and then ran back to the back. Got in there and Ray Suffolk was already talking to the media. It had already started. I mean, I, I didn't dilly dally on the way back there. I didn't. I didn't stop and have conversations. Like that was literally the quickest post fight uh, to post fight interview. <laughs> i've ever seen in my life and so because of that uh I, I couldn't set up my gear now this was the back i guess this was the the downfall of having my gear with me as i was watching from inside the arena is i didn't have it set up in the back and ready to go so uh couldn't get it set up in time you know it was already going so i didn't want to just barge in and drop everything off so i just kind of folded into the into the fray there jumped in with a couple questions here and there and i thought you know what the good thing is i know pfl Is shooting this. So I will get the audio from them. No problem. I even went so far as to to reach out to the PR team and say, hey, who can I get the audio from? They directed me to uh, a gentleman who was shooting it and he was like, yep, don't worry. We will get this stuff posted overnight. Uh, We'll put it uh, on the website. They have a really cool, I mean, it's really nice. Like everything's all in one place that they sent to you. So, like everything from the entire event, from the time that they had open workouts and uh, media calls and Everything. It's all in one little Dropbox link. All right. So, I'm like, look, we'll just, we'll just, we'll post that tonight. And I was like, but are you going to get to it tonight? Like, tonight, tonight? Because I kind of need it. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to it tonight. So, came back to the hotel room, uh, taped the little clothes, right? And then said, so, well, I'll, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put this in there. I'll edit, get this edit in there and, and, and we'll be good to go. Once that drops in there, I'll get it all over to cold coffee and everything's good to go uh unfortunately uh that didn't happen now waited up till about 2 a.m my time which is 11 p.m vegas time of course cold coffee who does the final production and everything he's like man i'm gonna stay here as long as i can but i gotta go to sleep uh because i gotta get up early because he's processing all the videos that are coming in from singapore for the usc event so he's like i gotta get some sleep because i got an early start He's was like, so in, unless it comes in by about 11 my time, I'll just check for it in the morning. I was like, ah, that's fair, It's fair. I totally understand. You know, you got your main gig to worry about. Don't worry about this. I'll get it to you as quick as I can. Uh, didn't come by 2 a.m., right? So then I, I waited, and, waited and, and and stayed, and I said, okay, well, here's what I'll do. Uh, I went to bed at 2 a.m. also, and then I set my alarm for 4 a.m. to wake up and see if maybe it would come in by then. No dice. Set my alarm for 6 a.m. to see if maybe – it would come in by then. No dice. Uh, <laughs> um, and now, now it's uh, a little after 8.30 a.m. And uh, I'm about to have to check out of here and head to the airport and uh, get back home to Las Vegas. And still... No dice. Now, I will say the internet at the hotel here, which I'm assuming uh, everybody, the, the the crew is probably staying here, too. It's not the fastest, so maybe they tried to set it and forget it and, and, and go to bed, and it just didn't finish uploading. It's still doing it. I don't know. I don't know what the story is. I'm definitely not trying to throw them under the bus, because they have been nothing but helpful to me. Um, and we're very genuine in trying to say, you know, we'll, we'll get it for you. I'm guessing maybe there were just some logistical issues, so... Uh, what that means is that my well-intended plan of going deftly into the Ray Cephal Audio and then back out for the close, well, that's, that's all been ruined now. And so now the, the, the master plan that I had of doing this show is kind of a live recap from inside. It got all kind of messed up. So will I ever try it again? I don't know. I was trying to get a little bit creative. I kind of try to do things a little bit different. Since so It was a Wednesday night, and it all blew up in my face. The best lay, the best intentions, all torn apart. Um, overall, though, listen. I mean, as, as far as what Ray Sefo was uh, was talking about, I mean, pretty 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 standard post fight stuff. Obviously, he was still beaming over that main event and just talking about what a great opportunity it was. Um, a couple of things that I did ask for him uh, was was number one uh, to get some clarification on this PFLW thing. Uh, he didn't give a ton of it. He just said, look, that's kind of what we're using as the branding for the women's divisions. Because I think there was some confusion. And I saw it in the press releases as well. Uh, and I think, and I noted some people were talking about on the broadcast last night as well. Um, that there was mention of the PFLW. But really, it just sounds like they're just using that as a way to differentiate their women's divisions. I, I don't know. It's not, it doesn't sound like it's going to be. At least according to what Ray said. He just said, Look, that's just that's just the name that we're using for our women's division. So I guess it's just, you know, some branding basically. You know, give them a little branding opportunity. But I don't think that there's any uh intention of making it like oh well, that's its own league or we have women's only shows or, or anything like that. Now if they do get this merger done they're gonna have more women to work with. Although I'll tell you there's not a ton of women to work with. If you look at the Bell rankings, uh at one forty five especially, I think they only go to um like number seven, like even though they have a top 10, they don't even have 10 athletes to fill it out. Um, So, you know, you're not talking about a ton of contracts. They're a little deeper at 125 for sure. Um, That's, of course, a division the PFL doesn't have anybody there for. So, again, kind of as we talked about, I think if this whole merger acquisition type thing does happen, I think what you will see is is more divisions for the PFL. Um, But got to remember, too, for every division you you put in, now you're talking about a million dollars at the end of it, right? So if you go like, okay, we'll we'll just do all the divisions – Okay, cool, but now you got to budget those extra million, you know, per division. And that's 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 not cheap. That's not an insignificant amount of money. So, still interested. Again, just goes back to I'm still interested to see how this all plays out. I don't think it's an automatic home run. I don't think it's an automatic failure. You know what I mean? It's not. like I'm saying, oh, this will destroy the company or this will save the company. I think it's just gonna all see how implementation gets done. Um, so, that was one clarification there. Not, not so. not not a lot. And the other thing I was really curious about was. You know, with with Savannah Marshall coming in, do you go to Savannah Marshall, Clarissa Shields right away? Is that the fight you put together right away? And he's kind of noncommittal on that. And I guess I'm kind of noncommittal on what the best play would be either. You know, I think a, a lot of, I mean, a lot of MMA fans probably have no clue who Savannah Marshall is, right? Unless you are, are paying attention to boxing, or or maybe you just happened because of Clarissa Shields and her involvement. Maybe you kept up with her outside of it. And if you're not tracking boxing, it was a highly successful fight between these two. Um, but I don't know if that's enough to get people to want to tune in and really care a whole lot. You know what I mean? Now Savannah Marshall comes in and starches somebody. <laughs> you know, if you find a way to you know, get her a matchup and, and and then you put it together, maybe that's more successful uh, because then people know what it is and there's a little bit more anticipation for the fight. I don't I don't know what the, I don't know what the right answer is. It's it's such a scary thing. And it's such a hard part with promotion, right? Especially when you bring in these athletes, is that. If you wait too long, if you're like, well, that fight will always be there. We don't need to go to it right away. What well, if Savannah Marshall comes in and loses two times in the MMA and goes, well, this is, I'm not very, you know, I don't like this. Well, if Crystal Shields loses again, you know, does it detract? Does it get away from it? I, you know, probably. <laughs> probably so. Probably so. Um, you know, I, I, I've always said, you know, Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz can lose ten times in a row. You put them together, still going to sell a million pay-per-views. But that's a very unique situation. Those two are very unique individuals. You can't do that there, right? So I'm kind of torn on this one. On what the right player do. If it if it was my call, what would I want to do? Would I want to? uh, Because at first, you know, I was like, why? They're not gonna just traditional me. I'm like, they're not gonna put this fight together right away. They're gonna build to this fight. But this is unique because there's no it's it's two people that aren't in their primary environment. So do you want to build to that fight, or do you just want to put it right away? Because if you build to it, there's no guarantee it happens. There's no guarantee of anything in fighting. Um. But there's definitely a guarantee when you're talking about essentially, I don't want to say newbies, but yeah, I mean, they're new to this, right? That They're going to get through the tests that they need to get to each other. So um, interesting situation there for the PFL and what they decide to do. Um, I think that'll all kind of unfold next year. Uh, I don't think these two will be on the finals in November, so um, plenty of time to work that out. So those are kind of the big, I don't want to say news items, but I guess update items that that I wanted to hear from Recepho. And then, you know, everybody was talking about uh, the other, oh, I did, I did ask him as well about the whole weight miss thing that we talked about, the whole point deduction, because, you know, the PFL has evolved the rules and he, he said that, in the answer, and he said it multiple times. he's like look, I know it's going to take us five, six, seven years to kind of tweak. I mean, we're, we're building a new format and, and sometimes those new formats we're going to decide, ah, this didn't work the way we thought it was. We want to do this differently, et cetera, et cetera. And for this one, he did say, um, that we're kind of happy where it's at. You know, that originally you missed weight and you're in the playoffs, you were out of the playoffs. And then they thought, well, that's a little bit severe because you kind of earned your way into the playoffs. So let's do this if you miss weight. Um, there's a one point deduction. You know, I think it's just going to take time for people to get used to it. I, I, I kind of think that's fair as well. I mean, gosh, you know, weight misses not good. And, and, and Ray Seffel did absolutely go off. If the, if the audio or video ever emerges, <laughs> um, he did go off on, um, Leal as, as well as uh, DQ from last week missing weight in the heavyweight fight as well. and You know, just talked about a lack of professionalism and, and a, a lack of commitment to things getting done so um, he, he blasted them pretty good so certainly it's not something that they're happy with uh, with people missing weight. Obviously Ray, a, a lifelong fighter so he's been around combat sports forever. He understands what a, what a key moment that is he have to make weight but uh, he also said I kind of feel bad about just kicking somebody out of the tournament just because they don't make weight so Uh, I think those were the big kind of news items there. Um, The rest of it was just kind of reflecting on the show and talking about Washington, D.C. and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, (sighs) I hate it when my plans don't come together. (laughs) But I appreciate your patience with us. I mean, listen, we're trying new things sometimes. You know what I mean? If we're in a unique situation, why not try to do something unique? So, didn't necessarily pan out to my success tonight, but I guess you take risks and sometimes they pay off and sometimes they don't. So, now it's time for me to uh, get all packed up, head to the airport, and fly home. Uh, it's been a fun time in New York, please. And now, uh, unfortunately, I'll kick it back to me thinking that that was Ray. So some of the things I'm going to say next sound dumb now, such as life. Wah, 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 wah. All right, that was Ray Sefo updating us on all things PFL. Obviously, very happy, very excited, Ray Cepho after that incredible, incredible main event. Uh, I did not get the first question because I walked back there and they were already going. So <laughs> that was like the fastest start to a post fight press conference ever, man. I didn't take that long to pack up my stuff and I got back there and Ray was already rolling. So I, I couldn't even, I, I didn't even get to record it on my camera uh, and had to get the audio from the PFL people so that we could use it here on the podcast. So uh, a little bit wild, but. Uh, certainly got an opportunity to get in there, and, and uh, Ray was excited. A lot of big things happening. You know, as I was leaving uh, the venue, actually, I ran into uh, Shane Burgos. I didn't talk to him. He was actually – they were filming some stuff with him. Like, the cameras are still on him, and he was uh, he was absolutely heartbroken, man. You could see the emotions and the frustration. And uh, uh, like I said, I didn't interrupt to, to talk because he was uh, – I, I don't know. I'm guessing it was kind of like a – you know, thrill and agony type thing or whatever post-fight feature that they're going to do. Um, but, man, you could just see the emotion and the frustration. I think, you know, and, and I felt like it in real time as well. Um, by the way, I'm back in my hotel room now. I should have shared that, that terrible podcasting here. Uh, <laughs> Walked back to the hotel uh, to wrap things up. But, uh, yeah, um, man, I just I feel like if he would stayed on the leg kicks, man, he had that leg gone. He had that leg gone, and, and he showed great heart. And maybe he was buzzed. I mean, he got dropped, uh, and he rallied, which was incredible. And So maybe he wasn't necessarily thinking clearly, and it was just kind of some instinct or, or whatever. But I feel like if he had stayed on that leg, Clay was just barely hanging in there, and barely able to, uh, to maintain it. So I, I feel like that might be, when Shane goes back and reviews this thing and, and is breaking it down, I think that will probably be his frustration that, that he didn't, uh, stick with the leg kicks i think he could have finished it i think clay was hurting pretty bad and if he just stuck on it he'd have won but i tell you what I, I mean clay collard has really has become one of the most exciting i know his wife said it in there and, uh but he is uh, such a truly exciting fighter man every fight that he's had here has been great in the pfl and now i guess the opportunity to compete for a million dollars so what a, what a great opportunity that is for him and uh, what a great final fight that would be! Uh, you heard Ray mention it. They'll add some other things. As I said I heard Kayla Harrison supposed to be there. Uh, he mentioned Julia Budd as a possibility. Um, I know Aspen Lad uh, was here last week as an as an alternate. Um, maybe she's an option as well. That's a big name. I mean, if it's Kayla Harrison, you're going to want a big name, right? So uh, you know, I would think both of those names uh, might be big. You know, you get your new, your your, your uh, another one of your big free agents on there that you brought over. Um, so I'm guessing it's one of those two matchups. Either one of them, both both great matchups. So we'll see. We shall see. Uh, overall, entertaining. I'm ready to get home. Uh, I got a flight home in, in the afternoon. I'll actually get to sleep in a little bit. Uh, ready to get back to Las Vegas for a little bit. And uh, obviously uh, next week, back-to-back CFSC shows. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that as well. Uh, I will make sure and get with Mr. Cold Coffee uh, next week. Uh, so we can actually bring his voice back onto the podcast. I know you missed hearing from old Cold Coffee himself, so we'll make sure we get that done. Uh, we'll get together on Wednesday, and then I fly out uh, late Wednesday night, I think, so I get there Thursday, and then we've got PF, uh, PFL. <laughs> we got, well, my brain's fried. CFFC. I've been doing a lot of PFL lately. we got CFFC on Friday and Saturday from Parks Casino in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania. So looking forward to that uh and then we got a man we got a big i'm, I'm gonna let you guys know now i think uh, the grappling event may be finalized soon so we've got another grappling event coming up real soon so hopefully I have some some big news to break in the very well, it's not really my news to break i'm i'm, I'm an employee for CFSC, C- i'm not a reporter i'll let them both them break the news uh but we may have some stuff coming up anyway uh looking forward to getting back to looking forward to getting back to vegas uh, we'll put together an and a half episode this week on the Singapore show. Might be a little bit late for all those that support us over there at patreon.com. We definitely appreciate it. Uh, might be a little bit late depending on how the schedule works out. Uh, like I said, my son does have a grappling competition. So I'm going to go uh, be there for that with him. And uh, and then once we get back home, then I'll, I'll make sure and record that. But, yeah, we'll work out all the details. You know we're going to deliver for you. Uh, hopefully you watch tonight. Like I said, for some reason you did not catch this main event. Go catch this main event. My goodness. Go watch it again anyway. Even if you did catch it, watch it again anyway, man. These are two dudes that just went out there and threw down, man. How great was that? Uh, great way for the playoffs to wrap up and then the World Championship on Black Friday, November 24th in Washington, D.C. Um, I think my current plans are to go out there, so i got to make sure that that all stays intact, but I- I'd like to be out there. So uh, I've never taken in Washington, D.C., so anybody has got any good advice on the best way to approach seeing cool stuff in Washington, D.C. because I know there's a lot of it. Um, what's what's on the to-do list, the must-do list? Uh, let me know. But in the meantime, appreciate everybody. Uh, hope you have a great rest of the week. And most importantly, of course, thanks for listening.